Glory to Jesus. Amen. How's everybody tonight? Everybody excited? Glory to Jesus. Thank you, David. Awesome. Excited for the word. Amen. Woo. Heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will never pass away. It'll never, ever, 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 ever pass away. Wow. Glory to Jesus. Mm. Father, we thank you tonight for the anointing on the word. We thank you, Father, for the anointing. I thank you for the anointing that I possess inside of me because you've called me. There's an anointing to deliver the word, and as the word goes forth, it doesn't return void, but accomplishes what it was set out to accomplish. Your word always brings edification, exhortation, and comfort. It always exhorts us and brings us to a new place. And we thank you for it, and we give you the praise, and everybody said, amen. Glory to God. Amen. When I first came to Kerrville... Um, there was a guy that showed up at church one day and, and uh, he told me that he was a self-proclaimed, well, he didn't say he was self-proclaimed. He said he was God-proclaimed, but he was a, but he was a self-proclaimed prophet. And uh, he was called to the church to be a combination of Jeremiah and Ezekiel and different of the major prophets in the Old Testament. And then he was called to, to and, and he gave me a number of different verses from those books that he was called to shake the church up. And that, that he w- what his calling was to the body of Christ, that the body of Christ would never awaken without someone like him. That's what he told me. And you know, <clears throat> I'm going to read some things to you tonight. I'm, I'm going to leave you with that thought for a minute. And you're going to sit there and think about it until I get to what I'm going to say. Because I want you to think about it. Um, <laughs> I don't think there's anybody on the planet that's that important. He is. But without him, we're not anything. You understand? And, and I promise you that the church could go forward without me. The body of Christ will not flounder if I wasn't around. But <laughs> I am around and I'm staying around and the body of Christ is stronger because I'm here just because I believe. Not because I'm just another body taking up space. Yeah. And it's important that we see things like that. You know, because, you know, uh, I think most of the time when I preach the word, I, I look the same. You know, my expressions are the same. I'm not one Sunday I'm up and the next Sunday I'm just dragging around. You know, I mean, I think for the most part, maybe, maybe there's times I, I may come and preach and and I may be tired from the day or something. There may be some weariness or whatever, and it takes me a minute to shake it off, but I'll, I'll shake it off and move on. You know, you know what I'm saying? But for the most part, I'm pretty much the same. Everybody agree? Yeah, pretty much the same. But to be the same all the time, 
If you have to have circumstances that all line up, then you'll never be the same. You'll be like this, right? And God didn't intend for us to be like that. We've, we've got to come out of this. Everybody's been this. And you've got to come out of this. But whether everything's all, all the stars are lined up and all your ducks are in a row or whatever does not change the fact that God is who he is and his word is what it is. And I'm telling you tonight, the word works. It works for you, it works for me, and it works for anybody that will embrace it and do something with it. Amen? Anybody. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you were born. I don't care the color of your skin. I don't care how tall you are, short you are, anything else. The word works for those who believe. Amen? There's two races of people in the world. And, and all people were created to be part of one race. But there's two races: those who are saved and those who aren't. And that's it. There's no other race in the world. No matter the color of our skin, one skin may be darker than another skin. It's just because your dirt's darker. So you're just, you're just some, some dirt and some water mixed together. That's all we are. That's all our, that's all our bodies are, is just water and dirt. And, and, and some dirt's darker than others. Some dirt's lighter than others. But there's only two races of people. And that's saved and unsaved. Amen? So we've been on a series entitled just prayer, just understanding prayer, realizing what prayer is, and realizing that prayer, true prayer, is connection with God. It's, it's you and I in our lives connecting with Him. And tonight, I, I want to just, I'm, I'm, I want to read a, and, and look at two or three verses or passages that we've looked at since we started this series, but then I want to just minister tonight out of five verses out of one passage of scripture, out of five verses in the book of Matthew. But in 1 Timothy 2 and verse 1, 1 Timothy 2 and 1, it says, Therefore I exhort first of all, everybody say first of all, that prayer, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. Verse 2, for, all, for kings and all who are in authority that we may lead a quiet and a peaceable life in, in godliness and reverence. And then it goes on and on in there. That's, we, we can, you know what the rest says. But it says, first of all, that, that we need to pray. So if he's saying that first of all, we need a life of prayer, we've got to understand what prayer is. So first of all, we've got to be connected to God to, be, to pray the right way. You know, and, and to, to accomplish in the earth what we were here to accomplish. You, you and I were called to be people of prayer first and foremost. But you cannot pray if you don't know what prayer is. And if you're not connected to the source of effective prayer, then you're really not praying. If, if, you're, if you don't... If you don't embrace and do the word, you can't pray. Prayer is not a bunch of words. Prayer is not just saying something like, oh, God, help this person or help that person or do this or that. I mean, that's talking with God, but that's not praying because prayer is connection. 
And, and what prayer was intended to be is God's voice in the earth. That's what prayer is. When I'm connected to God and I'm saying and, and, and I am decreeing and declaring what God says is so, then I'm enforcing His Word that is already accomplished and finished. It's already, it's already done. It's finished. It's not something that will be finished when we f- see results. It's finished. But in my life, I have to be speaking and declaring what he says is so. That's my life. And it's not just everything that he says is so every day. It's the right words. The Bible says a word in season will sustain those who are weary. A word in season will bring healing and health to those who are down and, and, and who are troubled and sick or whatever in their, in their bodies, in their minds. Just spiritually speaking, they're, they're troubled. The word brings that life. So we've got to see that and we've got to understand that's what we were called to be, is people of prayer. First of all, I've got to be connected to God so that first of all, my life is about speaking the right thing. 1 Thessalonians 5. A lot of times people say, you know, I just don't know what the will of God is. I don't know what God's will is for me. Right here. Right here. This passage, 1 Thessalonians 5 and 16, 17 and 18... Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, those are long verses, and verse 18, in everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. It's God's will that your life pray without ceasing. You live your life where you are praying without ceasing. What does that mean? That you never disconnect in your relationship with God. You never let anything distract you and keep you from disconnecting. Has anybody ever been and felt like they were disconnected from God? God doesn't disconnect from you, but we disconnect from Him because of distractions. And my hand is raised. I've been distracted and been disconnected at different times. And everybody in here has, if they're being truthful. Everybody's been disconnected, you see. But that's not what we were created to do and be. So we got to get over that stuff. We've got to get over and quit allowing things in life to distract us and lead us astray. Amen? It's God's will that you're a prayer. We pray, first of all, above everything else. And then Romans 4 and verse 21. <clears throat> Romans 4 and 21. And being fully convinced that what he had promised, what God had promised, he was able to. He was also able to perform that. Being fully convinced that what God had promised, he was able to perform. What he had promised, he was able to perform. Being fully convinced. When you're connected with God, what happens over time is you begin to believe that what God's promised, he's able to do that. And you don't let anything get you distracted and get you off of believing that that's so. Because... With distractions, what happens when you get distracted? You start saying wrong things. Because you start meditating on things that aren't true. You start meditating on what things look like instead of what God has promised. Listen to me, I don't care if you've been born again for a day or if you've been born again for 45 years. The enemy is after you being distracted so that you're not in prayer. 
Remember, prayer is connection. And it's his will that you're always connected. Pray without how? Without ceasing. There's never a time when you're not connected to God and aware of what you're saying, what's coming out of your mouth, and the opportunities that you have to speak the word and do the word and accomplish great things. Amen? So, tonight we're going to look at Matthew 7 and verse 24 through 29. I said five verses, that's six. Matthew 7, 24 through 29. Um, So, to understand the context of this, in, in chapters 5, 6, 7, and up to right here, this was Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And as I was reading through that, I noticed a number of times this wording was here, okay? And this was the wording. You've heard it said, and now I say. You've heard it said, but now this is what I'm telling you. So up until this time, this is the way we did it. Now I'm telling you, this is the way we're going to do it. And, and actually, that was, the, that was the Sermon on the Mount. I can remember the first time that I heard someone say from the pulpit to love your enemies. I wanted to kick somebody. Love your enemies. We used to do it that way, but now we're going to do it this way. Because in a little while, you're going to have supernatural ability and power to love your enemies. In the natural right now, you don't think you can. And everything Jesus talked to his disciples about for the whole time that they were disciples with him before the cross, they thought they understood things, but they didn't understand it because he hadn't gone to the cross yet. They got a little bit of the taste of what it was going to be like to be baptized in the Holy Ghost with the Holy Spirit revealing all truth and them having the power to do what they needed to do and to overcome, but they just had a taste of it. Up to this point, we did it this way. Now, we're going to do it the way I say here. So, <clears throat> I, I, I found myself just kind of enthralled with these six verses. I literally thought it was five, um, but it was six. And uh, it was counted wrong. Well, in New Mexico, where I grew up, we count different. <clears throat> but... Um, so as, as I was going through this, I, I, I took out specific words and defined these words, and I want to define several words, but I want to read through this first and then kind of back up. Verse 24, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. 
And the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on the house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. Notice there's, there's, there's two different foundations. One's rock and one's sand. But I want you to notice that the, the parable that he's reading here is an example of a man who built. It's an example of a person who built. Not something that... He, he, he's not saying that, okay... Um, you have a rock bed over here to choose whether you want to you want to pick rocks as your foundation because of what I just read, or you you over here you can pick sand and and everybody should pick rocks because that's the best thing. No, his example was somebody who actually built, but they both built. And let's just read on. And the rain descended. And the floods came, and the winds blew, and they beat on that house. And it fell, and great was its fall. And so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings that the people were astonished at his teaching. For he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. So... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read a lot of what I wrote down because I defined a lot in this. And so just, just follow with me, and I'm going to start. Um, I want to start with the word in verse 28, astonished. It says, So it was when Jesus had ended these sayings that the people were astonished at his teaching. <laughs> the definition here is very interesting. The word astonished is defined as to be knocked out of your senses. <laughs> the other night I, was, I just happened to turn on one of the Christian stations and somebody was teaching. And, I mean, I just heard like five minutes of this teaching. And this guy said something. And I just had to sit back for a minute. It knocked me out of my senses. And I added it to one of my new series next year. <laughs> I thought, I mean, I mean, he was talking about the Holy Spirit, and, and I'm, I'm working on new, my, I'm redoing my message on Holy Spirit to help, and I thought, boom, I'm putting that right in there. But it's not about the fact that I'm going to preach that. It's like, I'm carrying that thing around. I mean, it astonished me. Like I do every service you come here. But yeah, you get astonished if there's something you hear from the word that you've never heard. But wow, wait, 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 what did he just say? They were astonished at his teaching because it knocked them out of their senses. It knocked ideas and thoughts in their life, just knocked them away. Knocked them out. Totally. Astonished. And then I looked at this word 
in verse 29, authority. For he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. And the word authority there is defined as right and powerful. And what what that said to me specifically was that the word reveals to me what's right and the word has the power to accomplish it. See, see, I, see if, if I live my life where I just say, well, you know, the, the, the Word will take care of it, God will take care of things. A lot of people have that idea and that mentality. The problem with that is that God is waiting. God who finished the work, it's already done, it's already finished. He's waiting for you and I to become the joint heir, the, 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 the equal partner with him that he said we are. He, he called us joint heirs, and that's defined as an equal partner. We're equal partners not with the deity of God. We're equal partners with the anointing of God to accomplish the work in the earth. In other words, we're the part that the world is waiting on. His part's already accomplished through what Jesus accomplished. Now in the earth, we're waiting, we're waiting Humanity is waiting for you and I to believe this and to get a hold of it. They didn't teach like their scribes with the same old stuff and just watered down and no power. They, he taught what was right. He taught what was right. And with that rightness, there was power to back it up. That's what you and I have at our disposal. Amen? So let's back up to verse 24 and I'm going to spend some time on a few words that two words that really in their definitions it, it, it's, it, it took me a while to take those words and really arrange them to what was being said it's really good to define things that you read in here because sometimes we, we can hear something a certain way and that it's actually taken the wrong way because we don't really realize it, the context that it was written in. You know, this, this, is, this was not written in Western-minded thinking. And so we've got to translate a lot of times. So I've got a number of words here that I, that I want to read and a couple things that I want to look at as we understand... How effective that my prayer life will be will determine my connection to God through His Word. I can't tell you how much that I have needed in my walk with God, how much Word I've needed preached to me about the Word. Because the Word is one thing to me today, and it was something else to me 20 years ago. But today, I can't live without it. And actually, my life would come to a stop without the Word. I'm absolutely 100% dependent upon the Word. 100%. And with that dependency is a dependency on the Spirit of God. You can't separate the Word and the Spirit. There's no separation. 
I'm absolutely 100% dependent upon the Word of God. And this passage right here that, that we're looking at talks about how you build with the Word. When Jesus was saying this, he said, he said, he said this is likened to a man that built his house on a rock or one that built his house on, his, on the sand. They both built their houses. But when your foundation's wrong, and it's not complete, and it's not taken care of, and you allow cracks to become big holes, then things begin to deteriorate, and, and what you're wanting to see happen in your life doesn't happen. If, don't even get mad about this military speaking, but if, if it's true that the Marines, like Dale, are the toughest, then uh, when, when, when the tough times come, those who built their house on the rock are going to withstand the onslaught from the wicked. Because the wicked, the devil, his demons who are destroyed, who have no power, operate in deception to try, and they work overtime to try to get you to be convinced that what you see with your eyes, what you hear, what you hear going on out there is more real than what the Word says and what you believe. And He's working overtime to keep you from that so that you're not a person of prayer. You're not declaring and speaking the Word on a day-to-day basis. You're not a doer of the Word of God because of the distractions. And I'm going to prove it in this passage right here. Verse 24. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, and they beat on that house. And it did not fall. Everybody say fall. It did not fall fall. And <clears throat> that word fall is, is interesting. The word fall there in both of those passages in 25 and 27 both. The word fall means to go from high to low. How many know that Jesus takes you from low to high? Right? So the guy that was building didn't fall, the one that was building on the rock. The guy that was building on the sand, he fell. So he was here, but he fell. And actually, I mean, I'm just actually taken back by the definitions of the words here. And, and you know, maybe some of you have seen this before, but I've never seen what I'm fixing to share with you right now. I've never seen this before. I mean, I've read this, and you've heard, how many have heard me teach from this passage through the years? I mean, I've taught, I can't tell you how many times I've taught from this. But there's something I'm going to share with you right now that I've never seen before. It defines why the guy fell. It defines it. And it defines it so clearly that we can understand it in our day-to-day lives. How many, how many, if you have the choice to fall or stand, you're in the standing business. Amen? I want a house that's standing. 
not that tumbles because of difficulties. And the word house here represents you or your life. So when he's talking about the house that's built, he's talking about a life that is built and structured. And one who builds on the rock, that life maintains and doesn't fall. But the one that builds on the sand, his life falls, right? He goes from high to low. And yet Jesus came to bring us low to high. Yes? Amen. The word fall also is defined as miserable or failure. And, And you notice... The rains descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on the house. And the beating on your life, the beating in certain cases that I'm going to explain to here in a minute, the beating of that brings this misery, this this disappointment, this failure mentality that I can't make it, I won't make it. And that's where the enemy wants you. When you get born again, you're in a high place. Doesn't mean that your mind's renewed and everything's right, but you're in a high place. And now, once you get born again, your life becomes a bullseye for the enemy. And now, he's going to work at bringing you to a low place. Without the revelation of the word, without being a doer of the word. This example that we're talking about here, Jesus said was a man who built his house on the rock and as a result of taking the word of God and doing something with it. Amen? <clears throat> so, funny thing is, so I started looking at, you know, the, the, the storm consisted of three things. Rain, floods, and winds. So I looked up the word, word rain and it was defined as rain. <clears throat> okay, great revelation. Rain, okay? Then I looked up the word flood, and guess what? Flood waters. Okay. <clears throat> I'm talking about in the Greek. I mean, that's, you know, th- there was a couple other words, but it just meant flood. So flood meant flood. Um. But I looked up the word wind, and it was interesting. This is what it was defined as. An emblem of instability. An emblem of instability. So if you read this, the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and did what? beat. They pounded. Now, I want to come back to that, but I want to read to you the, 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 the Greek definitions, or the, from my Greek lexicon, the definitions here of blue and beat. So, rain meant rain to both houses. Floods meant floods to both houses. The definition of the instability meant the same thing with both houses. The word blue 
the winds blew against the house or, the, or that person's life is defined as, is defined as to agitate and move to an unstable place. Both houses. But the word beat was different with the second house. So, the word beat with the first house was an assaulted wind. I used to, I I played college golf and one time in my first two years I was at a junior college in West Texas, at Midland Junior College in Midland, Texas. And one day, we had had a two-day tournament and one day was in Midland and the second day was in Odessa at Odessa Country Club. And the first day, beautiful weather. Man, I mean, it was beautiful. And, and I played really well, and actually I was leading the tournament. Second day, anybody ever experienced West, West Texas wind? I'm talking about West Texas wind, not Kerrville wind, West Texas wind. <clears throat> well, the gusts on that day playing golf were up to 65 miles an hour. At Odessa Country Club, the trees, when the wind wasn't blowing, were like this. <laughs> Meaning that it blew a lot, and so the trees were not straight up, they were twisted, right? So, <clears throat> I'm playing golf at Odessa Country Club that day with gusts up to 65 miles an hour, and they didn't cancel the tournament. So I'm walking up the fairway with the clubs on my shoulder like this. (laughs) I was being assaulted by this wind. And you know what? I'm breaking this down based on these definitions. That type of a beating is temporary. And you're able to withstand that. That's the definition of the guy in the first house that built his house on the rock. The rains came, the floods, and the wind blew, and it beat. But the house didn't fall. The second house definition for the word beat. The sand house. That word beat is defined as to stumble from. To stumble from. Or be offended by. Remember this house. Is your life. To stumble from. Or be offended by. To put a stop to. Because. Over time you become agitated. I'm adding some of the Some of the stuff that I wrote. <clears throat> this type of a wind that blew. You, you ever, have you ever had, like you, you had something planned and wind would just mess up what you had planned outdoors? You know, you're going to go to the river or something and, and the wind's blowing and it's blowing about 18 or 20 miles an hour and it's just irritating, you know? 
Well, we'll go the next day. And the same stinking wind is still there for two days. Then it's there again for another day. And there it is again for another day. But it's not real hard. It's, it's not this in-your-face, you know, hammering you type of wind for the moment. See, when, when I was in West Texas those two days, first day was nothing. Beautiful. Second day, bam. Third day, no tournament. <laughs> but it was a great weather. See, that kind of life is the way your life is when your house is built on the rock, when the word is true, when you know it is and you're doing something with it. But when you build your house on sand, you build for a while, and things seem to be pretty good. Then all of a sudden a thought comes about something. You know, I've, I've been speaking the word for two and a half years, and I haven't seen what I wanted to. All of a sudden... That, there's that wind, bam, bam, aggravating, this aggravating thing that, that, that wants to settle there. Remember, we talked about the word is what's right. When, when, when the word is right, it's be, it, it produces rightness and power. See, in the, in the strength of the word of God is rightness and power. To know what to do and then the power to overcome. It's in the Word. See, that's why we never, ever stop doing the Word. See, because when even the irritating kind of winds come and try to, you know, irritate us on a day-to-day -day basis and some offended thing or some little thought that, and, and you know, I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not fulfilling things in my life like I want to, irritating things, all that's doing is causing what you want to see to be prolonged and pushed back because you're not a doer of the word. See, right here, he defines in this passage of Scripture these two houses that have been built. I'm telling you today that there was a time in my walk with God, about eight years in, that I met David Howard. And I, I, thought, I thought I had things all figured out and worked out. And I thought I had it all planned for the rest of my life, and I met David. How many know who David Howard is? A few, yeah. You know who David is. And uh, I met David, and he came along and, and turned things upside down in my life. And I had to make a choice to receive some of the things that he was saying. It wasn't that he said things, you know, David, he's soft-spoken and whatever, you know. But it's what he said. And when the word challenges you in something, it doesn't matter if you've been building your house, if you started on rock, and now you've been adding sand to your rock, it doesn't matter where you're at. You, you start today getting rid of the sand and strengthening what you're doing with the rock. See, it doesn't matter. God, God never, God is never looking at the mistakes or the things that in life that have gotten to us. Man, I'm telling you, there's some things at that point in my life that had gotten to me. I was eight years into my walk with God, and I mean some stuff had gotten to me. And I, and I had relationships with a couple friends of mine from outside of town where I lived in the valley at the time. And I mean, though, that in those relationships, it was distracting me from being a doer of the word and tried to rob me of what God had put in me. And the enemy came to steal that word that had been sown inside of me through the cares of the world or offenses or whatever it was. And that's what he's saying that this beating is about. It's just this 
nagging, irritating thoughts and stuff that just keeps coming. Not the assault, the one-time hit where, where you can recover. It's the every day, every day, a thought here, a thought there. And the only reason that it keeps coming is because you're not being a doer of it. Go back to verse 24. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings, what I'm telling you today, and see, these are his. See, I, I didn't write this. Nobody else in here, nobody else I've ever heard preach the word wrote this. Jesus wrote this, right? I mean, it was penned by Matthew, but it was what Jesus had said. This is what Jesus said, I only do and say those things that I hear from my Father. I don't do anything but what he says. This is Father's words through Jesus penned by Matthew. And I'm telling it to you, and you choose to take it or not. And he said, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And everybody say, when the storms came. Yeah, not if, when. See, it's not, I built my house on the rock and so there'll never be storms. Man, when you were building on the rock, there were storms. Storms came. And when you're building on the rock, you probably started to pour some sand into your rock. But then over time, you begin to continue to do the word so you remove the sand. It's a constant going back and forth because of what we face in the world. Many are the things and the persecutions in the world, but Jesus overcame the world, so we got to be of a good cheer and arise and continue to be doers of the word. I don't care how long you've been saved today. There's no day like the present to be a stronger doer of the word, not just to hear. Remember the scripture we read, I think it was on Sunday we read, out of uh, Mark 4, where it says, <clears throat> the... the, the what does it say? The measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you. And more will be given to him that hears and does. In essence, this is what it says. So the hear, everybody's, everybody's sitting in here and hearing. But how many are going to do something with the word that we're talking about tonight? Can you say amen to that? How many of us are going to do what the Word says? I'm telling you tonight, as people of prayer and connection with God, the Word of God and the meditation of the Word and the confession of the Word works like, it, it just like it's just like glue. It, 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 you, it causes you and God to be glued together and nothing can separate nothing i'm telling you the only the only one that is responsible for separation from god is you and the only thing that keeps us in that right place and the power to do what we need to do are the doers of the word those who are building their house listen to me you're still building your house you don't get you don't get some break from building your house you, you, you're going to be building your house forever. I mean, I mean, after you leave this earth, you'll be building your house. It never stops. The Word of God never stops. Probably when we get to the other side, there's just going to be more volumes of this that we just continue on in. But right now, this is what matters. we got to get this right. Amen? There's no greater life to live 
than continuing to build your house. I, I, I promise you, you know, the Bible wouldn't say that there, there'll be a lot of times in your life when it looks like that it's easier for other people. The Bible wouldn't say that if that wasn't true. Don't raise your hand, but how many have ever thought that? Yeah, you know, I don't know about doing that. See, there's that thought. There's that seed. I, you know, I, I, things didn't really start happening. You know, and I didn't have difficult times, so I started coming to church. Duh. Hmm? So, but, but notice, it doesn't matter what it looks like out there. Both houses were beat on. So even if you find out there's some difficulties because you are building a house on the rock, let's get all the goods we need to be able to withstand whatever comes. It's not if it's going to come, it's when it comes, right? And one thing can be for sure, no matter where you're at, you may be in the best of times today, or you may be in some of the dark moments in your life today. I promise you, things change. And I don't mean that in a, like if you're in the best of times, rejoice, be grateful, be thankful. But I'm just saying, things change. So in the best of times, we still need to be building on the rock. I don't know about you, but when, when things are really good in my life, I look for opportunities to do things by faith. I don't want to get, eh, you know, everything's good, I don't, you know, and, and just start cruising. Man, you start cruising and you're looking for a bruising. That even rhymed. <laughs> Right? <clears throat> you start cruising, <laughs> and I'm telling you, the storms are going to come, and, and, and you start getting hit by one of those West Texas winds, and you're not ready for it, boom, take you right out. Right out. Well, I just didn't think something like that would happen. Well, think again. I'm telling you, in almost 39 years of salvation, there's been some things that have happened to me that I never would have dreamed would have happened. But God, I, I live by faith. <sighs> Why has this happened? Because stuff comes. And you got to get out of that kind of emotional crying thing because that doesn't work. When you're in those places, a lot of times you're not in faith. But whatever we got to do to come out of it, let's do it. So that when storms come, we've got something to deal with them with. And when you can deal with a storm, you can help other people deal with the storm. I've got five people, five people, there's nobody in here. I've got five people tomorrow that are in storms. And they need help. And they need my help. And I'm going to help them. Why? Because I've been helped. And I got something to help them with. Why? Because in the midst of storms, I decided to stay with it when I wanted to quit. Right? I, the, the only difference in me and, and, and probably a dozen of my good friends that we started out in the same place, the only difference in me and maybe, maybe not quite a dozen, but eight or ten, is that I just didn't quit. Our houses all got beat against, our lives got beat against with storms and things. I just chose not to quit. I'm standing. I'm still standing. I'll always stand. I'm not giving up. I'm not quitting no matter what comes in life. And it doesn't matter, if, like I said, if it's the best of times or some of the dark moments. 
God's the God in the midst of the dark that'll take you to a new place. It don't matter how good and amazing and powerful that God is. Amen? I'm so grateful for his word. And I'll just, I'll, I'll end with this. I was just telling my wife that the Lord said this to me today. I was just telling her tonight that God said to me, you know, I heard this real clear. It's not just any word that you listen to at times. I mean, anything that's being preached that's from God is good. But there are times when you need to be listening to a specific thing that is ministering to you. And I'm telling you, you need to, I, I, I'm, I'm on a CD right now. A CD, is, sometimes it's, I listen to it on CD and sometimes it's on my phone. It's the same message. But I've listened to it upwards of 20 plus times because there's something in that that I need right now. I don't need to just be playing 45 different messages. I need to be hearing and listening and meditating on something that is speaking to me because God's taking me to new places. And I need that. And I know it. And I need to stay on it until God removes that. And you just know, you know at the moment you've had enough of that so you can go on to the next thing that you need. But, to, but we don't, you, you don't need to find yourself just listening to anything all the time. There are specific things that God wants you listening and meditating on that, that will build you to a new place. Amen? So don't forget that.